Hello again and welcome to Crime and Music. I'm your host, Brian J. Kinsley, and with me today, my friend Ben Rupel. You know, Brian's got to look up now to see who's got on the other side of the table from him. I do. Every like, other week, it's a mystery. Jace Van Rupel. All right. It is a mystery. If you like mysteries, every other week, we'll bring you a true crime podcast about people in and around the music business and their misadventures in the law breaking. We cover things like music history, murder mystery, people with eccentricity, and more. You like that? You are in the right spot. Share with a friend, tell a relative. Right now, we're trying to get like the Dakotas again. We've slipped off on that. The big open, uh, big sky country. There's so Dakota, South Dakota, North Dakota, Montana, Wyoming, all those places. They've heard of us, but they need to hear more of us. Well, they they heard a little bit of, of me. I was out there recently on a little trip. There you and, go. Uh, I think Jason was filling in, and and I was out there trying to shoot Bambi. Well, that may be why they don't listen to us as much, but maybe if you got a Bambi, they'd listen to us more. Well, the town I was in that I met everybody in. Literally, I think I met everybody in the town. The population was 30. (laughs) Oh, my God. Yeah. Lighter, Wyoming. Okay, so if we do have like three people in Wyoming, we're doing pretty good. Yeah, well, it it, it was a tiny little town. I see. Very small. Well, if you know anybody out there in Wyoming, North Dakota, South Dakota, Montana, send them an episode. Tell them to check us out. And if you really, really want to help us out, you can go give us a review wherever you get your podcast. Crime in music. Uh, Give us contact or contact us crimeinmusic.com leave a speak pipe any of the social medias it's all crime in music um geez might cut out for a second which oh. i'll fix later but oh, your, uh, your microphone cut out it did hey technical difficulties we're back baby all right third guest is in the in the studio our, our main our main guest as of all these years is the technical difficulty td guys. in the house yep. uh, well you're in the house too so i haven't seen you in a while how you been good good just uh doing doing the whatever not much no i mean i mean it's <laughs> i see whatever i had a buddy that uh I used to hang out with a little bit more. I, he's, he lives a little ways away. His name is Pat, and I, I called him catching up. And this guy liked to go. The, his thing was he works really hard. He still does. He like does outside remodeling, puts windows and doors on houses and siding, whatever. Um, I said, hey, what you been doing? And he's just like, I'm so fucking bored. Because <laughs> all he wants, his, his, his leisure activity consisted of and ended at Going out to the bars and restaurants. <laughs> Going to the bar. <laughs> and he's, uh, you know, in these COVID days, not being able to do that. He's like, man, I'm trying to date girls. What do I do? Just like have them over the house? I don't want to do that. That's terrible. I'm bored. I just told my wife that the other day. I was like, you know what? I, f- I miss going to the bar now. Like, you know, just heading up to a bar, standing at the big wood bar thing, getting a beer. I miss having the option. What? Yes, choices I, are nice. Yeah, I, I like to pass a bar and think if I wanted to, I could go in there. I, could, I can't I could, do that now. I could go in there if I wanted to. I mean, I have to have a key. They're all closed. I don't want to. Or you have to just get your takeout. And yeah. Just, just yeah. linger real long at the bar and lean. I like, I know. I'm that's, you go in. Like, what I'm, are not you doing? Na- I'm not naming names. I think I may have. They're back to doing just takeout. Oh, and it's a, it's a pizza joint. And so you go in there and you order your pizza and you sit down for an hour and a half and drink some beers while they're making your pizza. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, Americans and, love and, it, and it's kind of in the city that it's in. It's kind of a local cop hangout. It always has been. It still is. Okay. So you know, all the fuzz is on the same page as the bar, and they don't want their little place to go away. They're on the pizza payroll, so yeah, they let it yeah, slide. Yeah, yeah. I see. Yeah, man. <clears throat> Special time we live in. 
There's always a way around. There's always a way around. You know, people will, you put up a wall, they'll go over, under, around, some will go through. America. But, but, yep. (laughs) Tell tell Americans what to do is like herding cats. Yep. Well, I'm not going to tell you what to do, but I am going to give you some clues. Are you ready for Guess a Guess? I smell clues. Oh, there's some good smelling clues. So Jason hates this part. Uh, he causes him great tension, he says. <laughs> he like, like, I am, that's the only reason I show up. It's like, I am stressed. This like, is the equivalent of, like, scratching a lotto ticket. Because I know sometimes I can get it. Yeah. And sometimes I've never even heard of the person. So let's start out there, Brian. Oh, have you heard of this person? Have I ever heard of this person? Absolutely. Okay, I like, okay, now I'm excited. Now I know there's a winner in the in the pile of tickets. Always. All right, you All ready? Right. Yes. We talked about this before uh, we got on the mics, but uh, Bob. 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 Uh, Kid Rock. God damn it. Nailed it. Holy Ah. shit. Holy shit. Nailed it. Yes, you did. Right out of the first one. (laughs) So just for the academics, we'll go through the rest of the clues. We have Bob. Bobby Shazam. Kid, which I assume. That would have given it. Mr. Rock. The devil without a cause. The American badass. The Detroit cowboy. Yeah, I think about... 66% 66% of those I would have been able to hit it. But I got it on Bob. That's pretty yeah, good. Yeah, that's really good, man. Yeah. So we'll, we'll put that in the win column for you for sure. For strike. Sure. You got the – that's a strike. That's an e- That was first pitch home run. Playing a lot of bowling on my phone lately, so boom. No open frame for you. All right, so we got uh, Bob Rock, a.k.a. Kid Rock, January 17th, 1971, born Robert James Ritchie in Romeo, Michigan. All right, yeah, that's not that's that's a nice little rural town here in the Metro Detroit. Yeah, it's north of Detroit a little bit. A little bit, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, we got yeah, we got local local kid here this time. Yeah, yep. So he's got parents William Ritchie and Susan Ritchie, uh, his mom and dad. His parents <laughs> <laughs> Sarah wow. Jessica Parker decided to join us. That's so nice of you, Sarah. I didn't even see her here. Get out of here, Sarah. Get out of here. Go. Go. Brian accidentally hit the soundboard. <laughs> Got big knuckles. Uh, it's funny. That'll actually come into play in a minute because, uh, as I said, his parents own multiple car dealerships. Uh, Richie Chevrolet. You know, you've seen the commercials. Oh, really? Uh, I did not know that. Yeah, yeah. Dots together. Me too. I was like, wait a minute. Hmm. <laughs> I was like, hmm. you're from the trailer park? I don't think so. We'll get there, guys. He was raised in his father's uh, 5,628 square foot home on six acres, where he regularly helped his family pick apples and care for their horses. Yeah, so, I, I in Romeo. Uh, yes, it's okay because I know I kind of know where he lives now, and I was just there yesterday. It's actually for sale, or it was for sale a while ago. His if, place. You, if you wanted to buy, yeah, yeah, it's not hard. I mean, drive right past it. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. That's where Kid Rock used to live. It's got it's a nice spread, man. There's like a big, uh, you know, like drone footage of it, and there's like a huge house, like I was just saying, like five thousand square foot and six acres and horse paddock and yeah, he's, tennis courts. For as big of he is, a, I would call him a big celebrity. I mean, throughout the years, he's oh, yeah. been on the radar constantly, um, mixing it up with a lot of other people, having girlfriends, and why wasn't he? Was he the one that was going out with? Uh, the hot chick. Uh, we'll, we'll get there. Yeah, okay. Don't I, I know we'll get there. But, yeah, yes, is the answer. But for as, I guess, as big of a name as he is, he's also rather approachable. Yeah, apparently he'll talk to anybody. Yeah, and he hangs out at local bars still. Yeah, you're not supposed to do that with these damn restrictions. But well, I, I mean, I not still COVID, but I mean, <laughs> I if, know what you're saying. if you go downtown uh, Clarkston, there's a couple places that he'd 
go he'll he might be there. I have heard this. And there is a place up by Jason's dad's cabin. Uh, Did you ever hear that story? No, hit me with it. What's uh, you give him the town that's Rose City? Uh, outside, yeah, Rose City, just south of Mile, whatever, little oh, podunk l- up north area. Lake Osabo. Osabo Lake is where yeah. Jason's dad's uh, fa- or this family's got a little cabin. Go well, say just, hi if you're just a fan. Down the down the road a little further, I can't remember the name of the lake, but there's a bar on this lake, whatever, uh, like the Roadhouse or whatever the name of the bar is. <laughs> the cooler. But he would come in there, and he would then at some point have to say, okay, shut the doors. Too many people started showing up because people are calling people going, hey, Kid Rock's here. He'd get up on stage, start partying. Oh, and he would. they would make him, you know, like kind of close the doors and nah, we got too many people in here already. Right. And he would buy people beers and shots and play guitar and just kind of hang out and sing. And he's and he's kind of one of those guys that if he hears his music being played somewhere in a band, somewhere at a bar maybe or right. at a wedding reception or something, he'll get up there and show them how it's done. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. No, nope, hold on. I can do this better. This is my song. Yeah. I mean, he's like the Ted Nugent of his day. <laughs> also a local. I was going to say, man, they should start a band together. <laughs> All right. What is it about these Michigan people that just won't let other people play this stuff? <laughs> do not play my song. I swear to God. I love the way I do this part. All right, that was Ted Nugent. I was going to say, that was Ted Nugent. I knew it. See, we're doing good today. Right. Awesome. We're on the same page. All right, let's continue. We got a Michigan boy raised in a rather large house. Uh, yeah, we got a rich kid here. Um, okay. He's not alone. He's got a younger sister, Jill Ritchie. She's an actress. Okay. Couldn't. Is she still? It, I, I don't know that. Didn't, didn't find that. anything she was in that I could right. see. So <laughs> It didn't look real hard. Slash waitress. <laughs> A tress. There's a tress there. All right. I'm a tress. You just have to say it fast. 1980s, he becomes interested in hip-hop like we all did, mm-hmm. starts breakdancing, teaches himself how to rap, and a DJ, performing in talent shows around Detroit. So he's he's dabbling now, right? He's a young kid. He sees it. He's like, ooh, I'm, I'm intrigued. And so he starts dabbling, goes around Detroit, which is a good music city. It's going to be hard for me not to interject on little tidbits here before you say them. I know you got the stuff on the cards. I might as well just have Jason here. No, 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 no. But we've—he's a local guy, so no, we've I know. heard. We've right. heard a lot of this stuff. So yes. gonna, I'm, I'm going to sit back and listen. This is great. No, you—you you should tell me what you know, because again, you... well, I had heard that he tried to get into the biz and he went that route. Yes, and he got shot down. Oh, it's about to happen. Yeah, and then he came back and he's like, "Fuck it, I'm going to do what I want," and that's when he blew up. That's the second time we've talked about this. Maybe it's not just Americans. Maybe it is Michigan or <laughs> metro area. We're just like, you know what? I'm going to do what I want. You can't tell me what to do. Leroy Jenkins. Jenkins. We just watched that video before we turned the mics on. Don't tell him. <laughs> it's funny. We, it, 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 all right. Go late, late 1980s, he begins his professional music career as a member of the hip-hop group The Beast Crew. The Beast Crew. Yeah, did you ever hear The Beast Crew? Me neither. No, I've heard of so. being screwed, but not The Beast Screwed. Beast Crew. Okay. There's some subconscious stuff going on there. (laughs) Beast Crew. Okay. During this time, he meets rapper D-Nice. You ever hear of (laughs) D-Nice? A-A-Round? Close. (laughs) D-Nice is an American disc jockey, beatboxer, rapper, producer. He does a little photography on the side. He began his career in the mid-80s with uh, hip-hop group Boogie Down Productions. Yeah, I know. He Basically, he's famous for discovering Kid Rock. (laughs) Sounds like that might be his... Well, he still might do something big. He does. I oh, mean, yeah. he's one of those behind-the-scene guys. We'll cu- we'll get back to to him. Don't worry about it. All right. But uh, anyway, he discovers uh, Bob, Bobby. We're going to call him Bobby. Bobby. He discovers Bobby in 1988, and he gets him a deal with Jive Records. Mm-hmm. Now, see, eventually, um, these two sort of collaborate and do some things, and now you got Bobby 
be in the opening act at shows for Boogie Down Productions. Okay, and the Boogie Down Productions probably had other groups, bands, people, things. No, I think that was actually the name of the group. Oh, okay. It wasn't like they weren't a manager. They weren't the... Right. No, okay. it's like CNC Music Factory. It's not like a factory. It's a group. You're really, you're really yank, yanking at my childhood from under me, <laughs> Brian. You're, you're here telling me the Burlington Coat Factory doesn't have a bunch of people in the back sewing coats together? I work there. I can guarantee you they don't. I think we've talked about that. I was playing close security. I had to watch the leather coat department. <laughs> Staring at people. <laughs> that coat looks like shit on you. <laughs> well, they had uh, some of them had like wires all run through them, so you could kind of put it on, but you had to stand real close to the rack at the same time. <laughs> had to kind of use it as like a, 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 a puzzle to get it off the mannequin so you could try it on. This is natural. Um, uh, at this time, he's, he's opening for uh, Boogie Down Productions. Bob begins... Professional association with producer Mike E. Clark, who, after some initial skepticism with the idea of a white rapper, found himself impressed with Bobby's energetic and well-received performance, um, where the artist, using his own turntables and equipment, actually made his own beats. Uh, He demonstrated a bunch of skills on the ones and twos for Clark, so the guy's like, you tell me you're going to show me a white rapper kid? from detroit a rich kid from detroit who raps oh this sounds great and then this kid lugs in like uh turntables and he's got his like scratch and fader and like a little flipper switch and apparently turned it up man well you know it's not like a lot of people come out of detroit white white rappers from detroit that just doesn't never happens it's not a thing that doesn't happen i mean name Ah. name two (laughs) i i can't we'll get there don't worry so uh mike clark this dude um we talked about him. He's also a record producer and a DJ from Detroit. He's known for working with people like the Insane Clown Posse, Prozac, and Mickey Avalon. So, Mike Clark, isn't that also the name of the DJ that was on the morning show on The Riff? It is, Drew right? And Drew and Mike. Yeah. Yeah. Drew. Baby. No, well, that was Arthur P. Yes, well, no, I know, but I'm just but, for yeah, people Mike, nationally Mike Clark, might recognize. R, you know, R.I.P. Um, what the hell was that? Uh, what was the name of their show? Drew and Mike show. That was it? Yeah. Oh. Drew and Mike, morning show. Did it for years. Mike Clark, this is a tangent, uh, (laughs) not the Mike Clark you're talking about. (laughs) Mike Clark was a, all he was, was he was like a shop worker, a line worker for Ford or Chevy or some shit. Oh, right. I know this story. And And he would call into the morning show regularly and just give them the business or whatever. And he became kind of that personality that would call in and they'd always let him through on the lines because he's funny. Right. Well, then one half of the Drew and whatever the show was, the Drew's partner, was sick or had to go on vacation or some crap. So they had Mike come in. Oh, no. He never left. Yeah. <laughs> See, that's the thing, guys. Now, we, we need one of those, first of all, someone to come in who's funny. And then uh, when they replace one of us, they never leave. And uh-huh. The show is successful. <laughs> Brian's still looking. So if anybody has their resume polished up, go ahead and send it to him to crimeandmusic.com. Yeah, send, uh, feedback at crimeandmusic.com. Any demos or uh, audio reels, we'll work you in the show. Yeah, we're looking for our, our Mike Clark here. <laughs> Well, this Mike Clark, um, he was kind of cool also because he worked with people like George Clinton, Patti Smith, um, a guy named R.L. Burnside, and others. So, like Bobby Bobby Rock here. So he was doing. He he had his finger on the in the in the mix. He was doing stuff. Kid Rock's or Bob's getting on board with him. Yeah, okay. yeah. Basically, Bob found a guy who uh, is going to take him a little farther than what he's got so far. Yeah, he knew people. Right. Okay. Oh, uh, we got a quote from Mike Clark about Bobby. It says, "Quote." I cut his demos uh, as a kid before he got signed in 1989, 
I was working with mostly young black teenagers then. I didn't know he was white. Uh, we caught each other off guard when he came in. Oh, so he was doing work for him, never met him in person. I thought, yeah, sure, a white guy's going to rap, but he shut me up. He had his turntables, he had beats, uh, his stuff was already written, he had his shit together, he blew me away. Uh, he was very confident, he had a high top fade, very sharp. You could tell right away he wasn't bullshitting. He had shiny little Casio keyboard, he knew exactly what he was going to do. He took those demos, got a deal with Jive. Okay, so he didn't know that Kid Rock or whatever, Bob, was white. Before that, he had correct. heard his, he had that's heard correct. his stuff. Right. All right. That's cool. 1990, with the help of D Nice, Bobby signs with Jive Records at the age of 17. He releases his debut studio album, Grit Sandwiches for Breakfast. It now that was on the R and B side of things, correct? This is not. But well, this is like rap. Yeah. 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 Okay. Oh wait, yeah. R and B is rhythm and blues, not rap and blues. Well, I mean, whatever. Pop. Poppy sort of not. Well, eh. all right. Continue. <laughs> not what we know today as the typical kid. Oh, rock no. Sound. Yeah, yes. correct. We'll get there. Don't worry. All right. Uh, right now, he spends his teen years playing East Side house parties. He's making connections on the hip hop scene in Detroit. And this uh, Grits for Breakfast, Grits Sandwiches for Breakfast, this album, um, it's his Beastie Boys sort of inspired record. It's all like rowdy and like boasting. He's talking about how cool he is and everything like that. And at 17, he's got a lot of street cred, I'm sure. Well, dude, he's, you know, he's like, and I'm up in Romeo with my horses, <laughs> going to college, taking a bunch of courses. You so know. did you say East Side House Parties? Yes, I did. Okay. I guess <laughs> that's funny. Uh, well, I mean, East Side of, the East Side of Detroit's always kind of been the more money side of Detroit. A little bit. Yeah. Well, that's true. Okay, I see where Ooh, you're going east there. East side house parties. He's yeah. not south of 8 Mile, I'll tell you that. No, he was not south of 8 Mile. All but right. we're coming close. So uh, Jive books Bobby on that year's Straight from the Underground package tour with Too Short and others. Uh, he basically gets a national audience shot. Okay. So, uh, But we got beef. Oh, beef early? Beef, yep. According to Bobby, the contract with Jive Records resulted in a little bit of animosity from fellow rapper Vanilla Ice. Oh, really? Oh. Another one. <laughs> There's Bob- only room in this world for so many white rappers. You just got the one, man. I can't think of any other ones. Bubba Sparks. Okay, I think we've run out of white rappers in this world. <laughs> now I, I'm pretty much the, uh, what's his name? Smo. Uh, let's see, who else? Uh, oh, uh, Informer Guy. Oh, you're right. Uh, Snow. Snow. That's Snow. I said Smo, who's a different <laughs> rapper, the southern guy, but Snow is a northern guy. So, yeah, who else we got? I can't think of any others. Um, all you white rappers in history, never going to be like him. Uh, let's see here. Yeah, okay, so basically Bobby here is saying like, that he felt that they should have signed uh, with Jive instead of – oh, God. Let's go back to this. Hold on. Who Vanilla Van, uh, uh, Vanilla Ice want he didn't want him to be on the same label? Yeah, no. Basically, what he's saying is that Vanilla Ice um, should have signed with with Jive instead of Vanilla Ice is like I should have got that record deal. Oh, okay. Because he was a Texas boy, wasn't he? Florida, Florida, te- Florida. He went Texas. back and forth depending where he needed drugs that day. That's correct. Yeah. Look okay. at our Vanilla Ice episode. Yeah. To and talk- then, and then he he was mad that. He wasn't getting a contract when uh, Lionel Richie, what's his name? Bobby Richie's getting it. Oh, that's true. Yeah, Bobby okay. here. Well, here, now we got a quote. Um, somebody asked uh, Bobby here, they're like, Is there anything you hate more than being compared to Vanilla Ice? Bob said, quote, That's one kid I'll lunge at. 
I don't care how much security he has. I'm going after him. He embarrassed a whole generation of white rappers. It's impossible for any white guy to rap without hearing his name, <laughs> which is 100% true. Oh, white rapper, what are you, Vanilla Ice? Ding, 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 ding. You just kind of threw everybody under the, uh, under, in the same pile and then had the bus run them all over at the same time. <laughs> After those Vanilla Ice days. Because, I mean, Vin- that song was enormous. Uh, huge. Yeah. yeah. And then it, it just was, I don't want to say he was a one-hit wonder, but his one hit was so big, he could never live up to that again. I'm blanking on another Vanilla Ice song, and I know there's a couple. <laughs> All right, let's not spend the whole entire podcast trying to figure that out. <laughs> I feel like there's a ballad, drop this zero and get there's, with the hero. Not, not, that's a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle song, right? Go ninja, go ninja, go, go T U R T L E power. Yes, you are correct. Thank you. That makes me feel better. I, I'm like, man, I know he's got more than just the home improvement show. He, yeah. You know what else Vanilla Ice is good for? He's getting two royalty checks. I feel better. Running our podcast off the rails. <laughs> <laughs> That'll happen. That'll yeah. happen. Yeah. Maybe it's not Vanilla Ice's fault as much. But he whatever. showed up in a couple podcasts lately, too, because there's a thing with him in the Aaron Carter episode about motorcycles. <laughs> guy, you just can't shake him. Tell me. Jack of all trades. So, uh, another big rap star. Here we go. 1990, Grit Sandwiches for Breakfast makes Bobby one of the two biggest rap stars in Detroit. Who is the other one, Ben? Eminem. Esham. Very good. To pronounce... <laughs> I forgot about Esham, too. I'm like, damn it. I, that's a... <laughs> It's a name I haven't heard in a long time. To promote the album, Bob tours nationally with Ice Cube, D-Nice, Yo-Yos, and Too Short again. Uh, Detroit artist Champ Town serves as Bobby's DJ on tour. So now he's got his own guy. So he's not okay. doing the ones and twos anymore by himself. He's just... He's, he's, got, the, he's the lead singer. He's out in front. Okay. So during in-store promotions for the album, Bob meets and develops friendships with a bunch of other local rappers, especially one that we've named, Mr. M. I I was always... They came up very similar times. Yes, they did. And very similar ages. Yes, they were. Very similar skin color. That is also true. I mean, I think, I think uh, Eminem has a little, maybe a little bit more street cred. I. Agree. I mean, he grew up. He grew up in Detroit, and Bob's living on a horse farm in Romeo. Come on, whatever. <laughs> His dad. I mean, worst case scenario, he lives off the family trust. But whatever. And 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 they never did. I. I think you're going to get to a little bit they did together but still to this day they don't really you don't see them in the same arenas well eminem frequently challenges bobby to rap battles bobby's down for the challenge with a witness describing them as being cordial to one another i think yeah and that's great no they're actually friends now yeah so because they do have a lot of the same like detroit references and stuff and you know there's a little bit of that where eminem's just like yeah, we're from the same place. <laughs> yeah, right. You and me, buddy, <laughs> yeah, did the same struggle getting here, and now we're at the top. <laughs> you're right. You're 100%. Big hug, my man. Yeah. No, they are friends, but yeah, that's that was the thing, like you're saying. They came up together around the same circles. They're trying to do the same thing, just on different sides of the spectrum. Well, I and I think we're going to get there, but they do diverge musically. Yes. At some point, where right. Eminem stays very much in the in the rap, community and he go, he keeps a hardcore kid rock starts drinking tons of southern comfort and walleye fishing <laughs> that'll change your musical preferences that's for sure eh. so ultimately unfortunately we're back to uh vanilla ice again unfavorable comparisons to vanilla ice lead jive records to drop bobby oh really yeah they dropped him uh because quote they say dropped him because they did not see him going very far hmm yeah vanilla ice already tried yep <laughs> Yeah. This, this can't work twice. Can't do. Can't, can't catch lightning in a bottle. You're 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 white. <laughs> <laughs> but 
March 1991. Uh, Bobby faces misdemeanor charges stemming from alcohol-related arrests in Michigan. Hmm. Fair. I would never guess that. He was at a house party, I'm sure, and the cops probably busted it. East side. He's like, comfort. I'm famous! And they're like, get in the car. <laughs> call my dad. <laughs> That's probably his first. At this point, he wasn't that famous. He's like, somebody call my dad. You're driving around in Richie Chevrolet cars, guys. I mean, Manuf- come on. <laughs> uh, dealership plates all, all <laughs> up and down. Which one's his? The one with the dealership plate. They're all mine. <laughs> 1992, Bobby signs with local independent record label Continuum. Mm-hmm. All right. Nice. So around this time, he meets local hip-hop duo, the Insane Clown Posse, through Mike E. Clark. That dude we were talking about, the producer guy. Um, he's producing them, Mike is, and he's like, hey, you guys should meet. Now, ICP member Violent J disliked Bob's music, and he wanted the rapper to appear on the ICP debut album, Carnival of Carnage, believing that because Bobby's a little bit more famous... That he kind of draw in some of that, like he's toured nationally, so now we got him on our record, like that, fe- you know, the feature model where they bring in someone more famous than you, they do yeah. a line, your record gets. Yeah. Oh, it's it's all over music today, for yeah. Geez, but you're saying he did not like his music? No, Violent J is not a fan of Kid Rock, but he wanted him on his album because he is a much bigger artist, just for money, right? So I at this point, it's a business. Bob's a bigger artist than ICP. Yeah, at this point. Well, okay. I think just always. always. <laughs> well, maybe. I don't know, man. I don't know what Kid Rock fans are called. There's a whole legion of juggalos and juggalettes out there. Well, they're a terrorist organization, Brian. We'll get there. All right. Um, noting that the uh, local rapper Isham was paid $500 to appear on ICP's album, Violent J Claims, Bobby demanded $600 to record a guest appearance on the album, alleging that Isham and Bobby had a feud over who was the bigger rapper in the Detroit area. Big swinging dicks. <laughs> Bob shows up to record the song, Is That You? Uh, He's super drunk, though, and so it didn't turn out real well. But he comes back the next day, re-records the vocals, re-records like the record scratching, and he's just doing it with a hangover instead of being wasted, so they kept that track. (laughs) They probably labeled him on the the reel-to-reels, wasted and hungover. (laughs) Which one do we go with, guys? The archives. Which one do we go with? 1993, Bobby records his second studio album, The Polyfuse Method. Uh, this album had more of a rock-oriented sound like you're talking about, so he's he's trying different things musically, sort of getting around there and not just being stuck kind of in that uh, hardcore rap zone. Well, it doesn't sound like he was trying to do the hardcore rap zone because it was he wasn't trying to make himself into something he wasn't. That's what he was. That's true. Yeah, okay. I, I, I guess when I'd heard the story, he was... Hey, I want to be really rich and famous and popular. What I should be a white rapper. Okay, quick, let's learn rap. No, nah, he was into it. No, that was Takeshi Six Nine. Check our Takeshi Six Nine episode if you want to just go from Instagram goofball to rapper. Uh, he's out now. Then you catch a Rico is charge. He, is he and, out? Yeah. Then you flip on everybody, and now you've got like death marks in a bunch of cities and countries around the world. So we'll definitely have to. I mean, we'll get more. We'll get more uh, content out of Takeshi. I'm sure to do a. Part two. Once they kill him, we will get. Well, a, right, we will we'll do part there. two for um, sure. But I did see a video. I may be hacking this all to hell, but it was basically kind of like a video from two different video standpoints, and one was his, him and his boys making the video like they're after he got out of jail. Okay, like he's all super big and huge and rich. Oh, and they're showing stacks of money and big necklaces, and they're out. You know, they're, the, the way it's being recorded, it looks like he's in. And then there's somebody else from a distance from another balcony from the apartment complex he was staying in <laughs> <laughs> filming it with these with these dudes outside on the balcony like flashing money and they're just in like a 
a subsidized housing sure. apartment complex. Get your HUDs. And, and so you you watch the one video, you're like, boy, this kid's got money. He's got mad, mad money. No. I mean, he's he's doing it all from Bella Vista. It was the best of times. It was the worst of times. So we'll get back to Takeshi. Okay, so let's uh, get back on the rails here. Well, Bobby's making a little bit more rock style albums, right? He also begins releasing bootleg cassettes, like how people do in their tapes and stuff like that, Mm -hmm. mixtapes. And that's what they're doing. He's keeping the local people interested in his music. So 1993 records uh, the EP Fired Up at White Room Studios in downtown Detroit. I haven't been there, but I hear it's nice. White Room Studios. Yeah. I've never heard of that. Yeah, it's apparently I, it's a cool recording studio downtown. There's some that are popping up all over the place anymore where they can just, like old school, come in rent the place. Yeah. All the equipment's kind of there, all the computers and the boards and stuff. Oh, man. it's so It'd be pretty easy to, to make music nowadays if you wanted to. Do it, kids. Go make some rock and rap and, you know, whatever country, whatever you like. With, like, instruments and stuff. Well, or, whatever you want. Whatever you want. Use, Use your computers. phones. Yeah. So uh, he did use instruments, though. The EP featured heavy rock song, I Am the Bull God. I Am the Bull God. Riding the bull, doing the bull dance. Nice. And the cover of Hank William Jr.'s country song, A Country Boy Can Survive. All right, so now he's starting to get into his his line. He's starting to find his lane, yeah. He's, right. he's giving it out there. 1994, Bobby's live performances had mostly been backed by DJ Blackman and Uncle Cracker, right? But mm-hmm. Bob soon starts beginning to utilize more and more live instrumentations in his performances, like we're talking about, and he forms the rock band Twisted Brown Trucker. So he was hanging out with Uncle Cracker back then? Well, Uncle Cracker was his DJ. Like, you know, oh. he, he started doing the DJ. That's okay, why Uncle so, Cracker. Okay, so way back then, because they still do stuff together today. Yeah, occasionally, right? yeah. Yeah, hey, absolutely. Like, I think I saw them in a music video together or something. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. I don't watch videos anymore. I'm sorry. You caught me off guard with music video. I've been just sitting down. Let's <laughs> well, watch the MTV. Hey, you you were talking about tapes. That's true. I did. Uh, sitting down, watching TV, mixtapes. That makes me think of girlfriends. After breaking up with his girlfriend. Whose girlfriends, Brian? Because it wasn't yours. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Where's it at? <laughs> yeah. Thanks, man. Yeah, Brian and I maybe weren't the coolest dudes when it came to the ladies back in the day. No. Unlike today, which we just got to always have a stick to beat them off with. I would have looked cool in Facebook off. and social media, you know, back in the day, but it would have been that fake sort of cool. They're like, oh, he's got the long hair in a band. That guy's awesome. Like, we also went to yeah. school with like 10 girls, so it was yeah. the same 10 girls for 15 years. Yeah, no, right. When you've seen somebody eat glue and throw up, you're like, <laughs> I, I know you're cute, but. Uh, you did a sneeze puke once in church. I'm out. That's not good. So. Yeah, so he, Bob breaks up with his girlfriend. Uh, he moves this engineer guy, though, the music engineer, Bob Elbling, into his apartment. He's like, all right, chicks are gone. Bachelor pad. <laughs> During a recording session with Mike Clark, uh, the producer discovered that Bobby, he could sing real well. And he, he's recording, um, and he starts singing this song, Billy Joel cover. He starts doing, it's still rock and roll to me. But Bob, Bobby was singing, it's still East Detroit to me. Just change it to anything your local people will like. It's still right. San Francisco to me. Yeah. I, I, still ever, Toledo to me. I'm trying to see if we can do it with all of them. Did he ever write a song in his career that took an old song and then just referenced Michigan stuff? Hold your horses, everybody. <laughs> You just hold was, your Verners. We'll get a, there. That was a bit of a facetious question. That's a dig because that, that that's in these cards over here. <laughs> that's in the second stack. Uh, woo-hoo. 
the br- after the break. You'll have to wait Werewolves for it, kids. London. Uh, but anyway, so Bobby's singing still rock and roll to me, and uh, this dude, Bob Elbing, and Mike Clark are like, he can sing too. Like, I, he does the DJ, he does the rapid, and now he can sing. Like, Bobby, you got to sing a little bit more on your records. So he's getting encouragement for these instruments, using the band, singing instead of rapping. So those first two albums, he wasn't doing voice? He wasn't singing? Just rap. Oh, he was, okay, you're, okay. He was making noise with his mouth, but not singing. Yes. Okay. All right. If you're going to define it that way, what, I, I don't know. You think rapping is singing? It's the same? I don't know. <laughs> I see. Well, uh, through extensive promoting, including distributing tapes and consignment at local stores, giving away free samples of his music, Bob develops a following among uh, an audience. <clears throat> Sorry, Michelle. That was weak. I apologize. Uh, Uncle Cracker called this audience, quote, white kids who dropped acid and like listening to gangster rap. Nailed so it. That's his, that's his, <laughs> that's his crowd. That's This following included a local rapper in Detroit, Joe C. Oh, yeah. Who had been attending Bob's concerts as a fan, but upon meeting him, uh, he's invited to perform on stage as his hype man. He was a little dude, right? Yes, he was. He died, right? He's a little person. And uh, hold on, we'll get there too. Now I'm sad. You're wrecking cards. You made me sad. Bob's stage presence has been honed at this point with the addition of light shows, pyrotechnics, dancers, and the giant backup light up drop back thing backdrop that says kid rock on it so he's dude he's oh main, he's kid rock he's now. mainstream right okay like going to an acdc concert just like ah, just people love him everything's out there january 9th 1996 he releases his most rock oriented album to date early morning stone pimp is now that's one of his what what did you have a list of songs that were on that anything i mean when are we going to get to some of the songs that, like, Cowboy Baby? They're coming. Okay. Yeah, they're coming. All right. Let's go back to Early Morning Stone Pimp, because the album's title came from that guy, Bob. He moved into his house, the engineer. Mm-hmm. He told uh, he told Bobby, he goes, quote, dude, you're the Early Morning Stone Pimp. What was that in reference to? I don't know. He woke up and started smoking weed? Uh, Bob was sleepless, alcoholic, and drug using. Well, there you go. So apparently he's just, like, hung over after a night of partying. All right. Yeah. Like, you pimp, buddy. I, I I feel like, and I don't have any support on this, but actual knowledge. <laughs> Can't wait. It, his his drug of choice was alcohol. Is alcohol? I believe you're correct. Yeah. All right. I mean, and he does it in excess to where it's just as bad as say heroin. <laughs> I th- well, addiction, doing... addiction's addiction. I mean, well, no, you you <laughs> see, no. I think at the early stages of heroin compared to booze. Heroin's a lot worse. Oh yeah, the curve is much steeper, yeah, right? Quicker. But if right. you do enough heroin, and, and and to the guy that does way too much booze, they're both pretty bad. Yeah, no, it's it's bad. Yeah, it's bad. Yeah, addiction's bad. All right. Well, yeah. Let's get right. hotlines, guys. If you feel like you're addicted, look up something. Yeah, Google it. There you go. All right. Um, okay, uh, talking about googling it because you don't know. We don't know how many people bought that Stone Pimp album because uh, Bob distributed it himself. He claims he sold 14,000 copies. That's what he had to tell the IRS. <laughs> <laughs> right. Getting a car from my family, quote unquote. They sold it to me for $100. <laughs> no, you think so? I mean, for, I would say bigger if it were. I'd been like, 25,000 copies, baby. Oh, you think he would have lied bigger just to sound bigger? I would think, if, right? Well, if he's, di- in, if he's distributing himself, I think, uh, I don't know. I don't, uh, I don't know. He's a rich kid too, so he kind of does know. Like he gets the business thing and numbers and like how to quantitate. I guess value. I don't know. I, I'm I'm putting it through my filter and thinking, 
if I'm selling something myself and I don't have to really claim it all on taxes, there's a sneaky – no, I'm not saying I would, Brian, because I love to pay my taxes. I love to give the government as much money as I can. Oh, sure. But there's a part of me that would think, huh, if I don't claim everything, I don't have to pay taxes on everything. Don't have to pay taxes on it. But maybe 14,000 copies wouldn't render that much money. You have to pay that much taxes, so that wouldn't be worth lying about when you could save 14,000 to make yourself sound bigger. 14,000 seems like a large number. I mean, yeah, it's not what's 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 a gold record though, a million or something. You got to have yeah, a lot more than that. Yeah. I believe that's so correct. So, it is a small number. Gold records are a million, uh, I believe. Yeah. Anyway, well 14,000 copies, he's there. But, you know, working for yourself, like you say, it's a little difficult cuz you got to do all the numbers and stuff. Well, 1997. He probably couldn't sell literally. He couldn't physically sell that many more than that because it takes a long time to dub a tape. <laughs> <laughs> Play record and then you got to hold them up to each other real well, close. I feel like he was rich enough to where his dad had one of those double-decker tape players for Oh, him. yeah, two-decker. So you could hit play on the one side and yep. then play record on the other side. Yep. That but you still, it. it was all real time. You had to wait. It wasn't like a, you know. No, you're right. That'd be a long time with yeah. 14,000 copies. Oh, 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 I got to go back in the house and switch the tape. Got his pencil out, drawn in the cover art on the tape. <laughs> They're <laughs> blank. Labeling it as neatly as he yeah. can, trying not to smudge <laughs> it before the ink dries. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> Mom, where's the white out? Bobby, did you make another mistake? This is taking over the kitchen table. 1997, Jason Flom had a lava records, attends one of Bobby's performances, meets with him, later gives him a demo tape. It's got songs, Somebody's Gotta Feel This, and I Got One For Ya, uh, which leads Bob to signing with Atlantic Records. What was the guy's name? That guy was uh, Jason Flom. Flom? F-L-O-M, Flom. Flom. Okay. Uh, I hope it's, o. All right. I hope flom. it's Flom, because... I really like the nasal sounds. <laughs> and like, I see. You know, like, I, any, yeah, anytime you really got to like the word brome or larynx, there's a, Ooh. I like the, the, the nasally sounds. Brome. Brome. A brome Cadillac. I will say I've, I've gotten out of my Kardashian phase, but man, <laughs> <laughs> I'll let you enjoy that for a minute. Oh, I'm glad that you ran the full gamut, right? I tell you, but I, man, I like the way Courtney Kardashian talks. She's just like, nothing. We're just hanging out. That's, I'm like, oh, it's a vocal fry. I get it. The, I know, the, but the, I the, like it. The thing that uh, Rich Nicole Richie and Paris Hilton did. Uh, <laughs> uh, who, by the way, I am a huge fan of Paris Hilton. You know that. I mean, come on. Yeah. Uh, her movies are great. No, I did see, I did see, um, where she claimed here recently that oh, her check our and Paris Hilton episode out. I'm sorry, I and, forgot we did that. Uh, I think Britney Spears. Okay, no, maybe it was Nicole Richie. Whoever claims that they invented the selfie. Oh right, I believe that. I think it was Paris Hilton who claimed. Check our Paris Hilton episode out. I do believe she does claim to invent the selfie. Oh, did you have that on that episode? That was a, that Jason. Uh, you I listened that's to that with you and Jason. That's yeah, that was Jason one of the early episode. Jason one. So this first, but I. Uh, regardless, or as my wife yells at me for using this word, irregardless. That's a very. Uh, that's not a word. That's a very flammable, inflammable statement. Um, I believe her that she invented the selfie, uh, or as she called the selfie. <laughs> the selfie. The selfie. Well, uh, Bobby doesn't do selfies. He actually doesn't do any social media. He's he's like I don't know how to face tweet or anything like that. No face tweeting. But. Uh, what he does know how to do is sign record deals. So at a part of his record deal with uh, Atlantic, he gets $150,000. Oh, so that was a big one. That was the one. Oh, it's Atlantic Records, man. We're on the, we're, we done it. We did it. 
Well, but to put it into context, $150,000 was big to him then, but today that would be, well. No, but, man, you're starting out, and all of a sudden you sign with a major label and stuff like that. Absolutely. It's enormous. What's the first thing you do? Go get coke and hookers. Yes. September 1997, Bobby's facing misdemeanor charges stemming from alcohol-related arrests in Michigan again. Coke and hookers. (laughs) Uh, he does like coke and hookers. He'll call them dancers, but he's now fully developed his stage persona and the musical style that he wants to go to. He's got kind of this redneck shit kicking rock and roll rap sort of thing going on. Mm-hmm. Right? Very Michigan. Right. It, it actually is very Michigan. And here's where you wanted to go. He puts out his fourth album, studio album, Devil Without a Cause. Uh, yep, 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 yep. Back recorded at White Room in Detroit, but he mixes it out in L.A., so extensive promoting. He's on the VMAs that year, 1999, on MTV. He's performing with Aerosmith, Run DMC. Uh, he performed at Woodstock, 1999. Check out that episode that uh, no, we did. I, I interject here real quick because I was waiting for this. I didn't want to bring it up until you said it. I figured you'd say the Woodstock. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Go YouTube his uh, Woodstock. Right. And there's boobies everywhere. Oh, on the YouTube's. I see. I don't. It just came across the like a Facebook feed or something, and I'll you know let's watch a lot of music on my face. You know, something random comes up. Sure. And I'm watching it, and then all of a sudden there's just there's probably 40, 50 girls just all throughout the crowd on shoulders of other dudes, topless, just <laughs> just every on YouTube. You're gonna get somebody flagged. You keep saying. This. Oh, I bet. I bet. I mean. If you're if you're in need of seeing boobies and you have the internet, you don't necessarily need to go to YouTube. You filter in through but a bunch of YouTube videos my, for that one boob shot. Oh. My point was is that it was a bit of a shock because here I am just drinking my coffee in the morning, just scrolling through the lo- the, the morning feed of Facebook, and I'm like, whoa, <laughs> hello, and hello to you. I just picture Ben has his cup, he's sipping. Oh my god! The good, on YouTube, the drink spit. Yeah, yeah spit no, no, that was it, it, he did a he did a fun concert. It looked like fun. Check out our Woodstock 99 episode. Uh, at that point, I remember Bob Brock said something about water bottles, so people just started chucking all their empty water bottles on stage, and there's just a f- just a shower of water bottles that come on stage at him. And he's just dancing a, through. Bah, what the bah? Oh, I got ahead of having myself. Having a really cool coat. Get a cool, like, coat. Pimp coat? Like a pimp coat. Big fur cheetah yeah. pimp coat. It was, I think, red. I believe that's correct. All right. Well, uh... We've talked about it. I mean, the dude, he nailed it. Devil Without a Cause sells 14 million copies. Yeah, he went from 40 miles an hour to 100 miles an hour real quick. Right. and he as, was doing a little something. As I was alluding to, uh, the breakthrough hit single, Bah with the Bah. Yeah. Bang, 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 Do it. Do up, do up, shoo-wow. Shoo-wop, shoo-wana, shoo-wop, shoo-wana. My name is Kid. Rock. That's no. the one. I'm not the voice guy, man. That's your I job. Know, I uh, know. You... I'm sorry. I'm not even doing voices this week with you. I feel I feel intimidated. I'm like, oh, Ben hasn't been here for a while. I better keep it uh, on the level. 1999, speaking on the level, Bob makes his voice acting debut in the episode of The Simpsons called Kill the Alligator and Run, playing himself. Oh, yeah, everybody's. You know you've made it. You've arrived. Pretty much. Right. You are there if you're on The Simpsons back then. Um, him and Joe C were on there. Uh, Bob also appears in the comedy film Joe Dirt, starring David Spade. Yeah, yeah. It was almost because <laughs> that was funny because, you know, Joe Dirt was the not nerdy, but the loser of that show. Oh, the lovable loser. Oh, yes. the lovable loser. Right. And then Kid Rock comes on. And you're like, yeah, he's basically playing 
Kid, Kid Rock. Rock. Yeah. <laughs> they look right. exactly alike. It's the same guy. Just doesn't have his daddy's money. Joe Dirt, kind of stupid name is that? <laughs> that was a good show. I, I was watching it while I look, doing research for this episode, and I'm like, he's good. Like, he's good at Because he does this one part. Joe Dirt and Kid Rock are after the same girl. Yeah. Brandy. The, the, who's, who, whoever that actress is. Amazing. I, very smoking hot. Yeah. Very, very, very pretty. Very yes. talented woman. Yeah. She's been but, in a few things. She's got a big smile. Right. Like a nice smile. He's got uh, Bobby here has to read like a letter that she left for Joe Dirt saying that she doesn't want to see him break it up. And he's just like, Dear Joe, it's me, Br- Andy. And like, and he just does a really <laughs> good job of like pretending like he can't read and stuff like that. But he's still funny about it too, you know, because he's like trying to still be this big tough guy and is like, Shut up, how I read, you know, stuff like that. It was just, he just he does a good job. No, I want to go home and watch Joe Dirt tonight. All of the, I found a thing that all the rappers who transfer over to actors, I think we talked about this. It's a good lateral move, man, because all the confidence, all that stage presence you got to bring to sound like a badass jumping around at like a big clap, flavor, flavor. Like, mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. a lot of confidence, man. And if you can muster that up for the cameras, you'll be a good actor. Like, well, I, they've I, all done it. I think there's a lot of big stage actors or i'm sorry big stage performers that could easily transfer over into acting for sure and as is with the uh as is with the uh you sound of, like me a lot of words there that aren't necessary as with the uh comedians that can go over into acting as well oh right now the ones that sometimes have a tough time with it are the professional athletes <laughs> <laughs> now when i'm saying professional athletes i'm not I, I'm talking the big one, the basketball, the football, the That's baseball. That's how I beat Shaq. It's tough. A couple of them will do it, um, with the exception of wrestling guys. They can easily go over and oh, acting. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Acting, acting stuntmen, <laughs> right. Acting. No, but yeah, Peyton Manning's of the world. They're rare. Yeah, and he is funny. <laughs> November 1999, Bobby gets back in his lane, releases his fifth studio album, Cocky. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The album becomes a hit, spurred by the crossover success of the single Picture, a country ballad featuring Shell Crow. Yeah, I remember that. I downloaded all these on on on, on uh, uh what was Na- Napster. Napster. <laughs> I stole every one of these. What songs, was that man. one? As a, I saw your picture today. Yeah, and then I think didn't she redo that with another day? singer? Uh, there's some different people. That lion next to her. Uh, this move introduced Bobby to a whole wider audience, and ultimately, the most successful single on the album is "Picture." It also gave Summer Lovin' a little competition at Guy Girl Karaoke Songs, because <laughs> that's what happened. <laughs> well, that's that's a big genre right there, Guy Girl Karaoke Songs. Huh? I feel as a narrow wedge, man. You're just like Summer Lovin' had me a bla-. and then the girl part goes, and then you're like, well, okay, we did that. Now what can we sing? Uh, Picture by uh, Picture Shell Crow and Kid Rock. There you go. 2000, Bob is nominated for a Grammy Award for Best New Artist, despite having been in the music industry for 10 years at that point. <laughs> well, doing and, good, Bobby. And he already had two, like, this was his second big album. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Best New Artist. I guess they just wanted to get him up on stage, man. As you alluded to, uh, Bob's success, however, is marked by tragedy at this time in the 2000s with the death of friend and collaborator Joe C. Joe C., yeah. Sorry, Joe C. Yeah, he was, uh, what's the the correct term? Little person. Little person. He was a little person, and I think that that, and all the drugs and alcohol he probably showed. Oh, I, I probably heard he was a partier. Yep. Yeah, he so. probably that didn't that didn't work with that that little little person build. Lived the dream though, man. Got on stage, did the rap. Yeah, he had Joe a C. he had a really fun period of life. 
Absolutely. High, yeah, a lot of. We're going to have a fun period of life because we're going to take a break. Uh, when we come back, we're going to tell you more about Bobby Rock and uh, boy. We hey, and remind me, I want to tell you the pontoon story. The pontoon story? About Kid Rock. You know I'm the Han Solo of pontoons. <laughs> and on that, uh, here's a studio mix of my high school band, 21 Days. Oh, you're playing along? And we're back. We are back. What did you do with your break? I sat here and talked to you about... What do we talk about? No, you didn't. I told you your shirt's on inside out, and then you started making fantasy football picks. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. We <laughs> Very important stuff. <laughs> Apparently. Brian was very impressed with my fashion selection today of wearing an inside out shirt. I really thought it was just a bold move. I thought I was going to call you out, but with Ben's confidence, he was going to go, no, it looks cooler this way. And instead, you said... I didn't have the energy to flip it when I found out it was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Not the same thing. I- James, James Dean. Yeah, whatever. Not the same thing. Anyway, um, well, making uh, old stuff new again. May 2000, Bob releases a compilation album called The History of Rock. And uh, he's got the single American Badass on it. Yeah. Okay. You remember that what one? What year? 19. Uh, oh, nope. 2000. Even. Okay. All right. Two. Well, it's weird because I think I started listening to Kid Rock after. He had many of his albums released. Does uh, that, does that I, make sense? Yeah, I missed a lot of the early rap stuff. So, I will say that. Yeah, as he was releasing albums, even some of his big ones, um, I don't think I was on the the precipice of uh, as a. I wasn't listening to that stuff. It wasn't until later and I could steal it on <laughs> uh, a Napster. Yeah. <laughs> I started stealing it. No, I and it wasn't until later and I was like, I, I like this guy. Yeah, I like him. You know, you weren't one of the kiddos, the kiddies. What do they call themselves? Rock rockets. The rockets. Rock, no, rockers. I was not a rocket, Brian. No. <laughs> my legs just didn't. F- and high way. kick one two. Uh, well, uh, you should have been because the American badass peaks at number twenty on the mainstream rock charts. So, like you said, everybody is aware now. Mm-hmm. Oh, he was big. He's big now. Yeah, 20, 2000. 2000. Yeah, he's okay. he's riding high. 2001, Bobby files a lawsuit to gain full control over his top dog record label. So now he's on top as an artist, but now he wants control. Yeah, well, I mean, you got to think if you're an artist, you're putting out all that music, all that content, you're the brains behind it. You really feel like you're entitled to a bigger piece of the pie. Yeah, it's mine. And at some point, you're right, but not... Not all the way, because there's a lot of work that you don't even know that's getting done. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, there's all a the lot of stuff. the promotion and the push, all yeah, that stuff. phone calls, and people are trucking CDs from store to store, going to Wyatt Earp and FYI Records. Oh, nice. Jelly Bean. Well, no, we take them to Jelly Bean. <laughs> <laughs> After you've listened to it 4,000 times. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, it worked out for him. Ultimately, he receives full ownership of the record label. So mm-hmm. now he's got the ownership of Top Dog Records. Top Dog. He begins dating actress Pamela Anderson that's, in that's, 2001. That's the girl. Yeah, yeah. They had... Uh, Who's Pamela Anderson, Ben? She's the Baywatch girl. Uh, well, more. In case people don't know. I mean, this she's was 20 buxom, years ago. a buxom blonde who... Um, Ran in slow motion on the beach. A lot, yeah. With a little song with David Hasselhoff. 
Um, she dated Tommy Lee as well, didn't she? The drummer for that's correct for uh, uh, Motley Motley Crew. Yes, for a band. Nailed the drummer it for a band. She dated a musician who was like, you know, <laughs> you're pointing at your knee. What does that I, mean? <laughs> didn't the dude have a huge schlong or something? Yeah, I think Isn't he that was what he known, was known for, his, for? His wanger? Yeah, I believe <laughs> that's old, correct. Big old Tommy Lee got me, man. Because as a drummer, like when you're a kid and you're coming up, you're looking at other drummers on TV. And that dude, like you said, he, he was kind of out there. Motley Crue had the long hair and, like, the guy liner. And then he would wear a leather thong for his stage outfit because he didn't want anything getting in the way of his clothes when he's playing his wild drum sets, you know? Well, and, like, didn't wasn't he also the drummer that would, like, flip upside down in yes, a cage or as something? as we were talking about it, I did flash back to, no, I like Tommy Lee because he had, like, the drum set that would, like, l- raise over the crowd and, like you said, is on, like, some gimbal and it would rotate and flip up while he's all strapped in, like, in a thong. That'd be awesome. Pig roaster. Oh, my God, yeah. Just put that over a spit. How many pigs could you get in that thing, man? I don't know. Drum set's, like, I don't know, six by four. I bet he got a couple pigs in there. (laughs) That's so terrible. So, uh, okay, so Kid Rock's now dating Pamela Anderson. Yes, they uh, start dating in 2001. They become engaged April of 2002. Uh, 2002 is another good year for Bobby. He opens for Aerosmith with Run DMC on the Girls of Summer Tour. Uh, he also covers ZZ Top's legs. I like that because that serves as WWE Diva Stacy Keebler's theme song. <laughs> it all comes back to wrestling. Every time. Do you remember Miss uh, Miss Keebler? Whatever oh, yeah. Was? I remember. What was her oh. wrestling name? Stacy Keebler? Yeah, but it wasn't, though. She was, like the, she was brought in as Shane McMahon's like assistant or something like that. Wasn't she was a she valet the one that for a would, long time. When she got into the ring, step over the top rope. I believe so. Because she, she had the legs. Long, tall legs. She was a Hooters girl. Whatever. She could probably do a lot of different things. <laughs> <laughs> All, right. All right. We're pigs. I'm saying that. Uh, sorry. Sorry out there, everybody. Um, if you're this deep into our show, you know. We're being nice. Yeah. It's all jokes, people. Yes, so it's many all jokes. jokes. Um, okay, unfortunately, not a joke. November 27, 2003, he and Pam end their relationship. She files for divorce from Bobby in Los Angeles County Superior Court, citing irreconcilable differences. Yeah, she had hep, she had hep C, man. What are you talking oh, about? God. That was a problem. <laughs> wow. He didn't want none of that. She filed divorce, not him. He made her. No, uh, what I read was uh, Bobby was upset that she was in the Borat film. He's like, how could you do that? That's disgusting. Oh, my God. I have lost all respect for you. Oh, was she? That's what I read. Nah, nah. I didn't see that, to be honest. I missed it. Giuliani was in a Borat film. Yeah, apparently. They tried <laughs> tricking him. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, I think, could have tricked him. Or creepy old man got caught. I One th- of the two of those well, is true. All right. I'm going to say this for him, and I'm not a huge Giuliani but in the situation he was in, oh, yeah. as a single man, he has not he's not married. Oh, is he, I, I'm sorry. I didn't know that. I thought there was a Mrs. Giuliani. Excuse me. Excuse me. I'm, <clears throat> over here, I got a, my tonsil stones are coming out or something. Um, that's gross. So, yeah, he got he got basically tricked into going into a hotel with a quote-unquote reporter. Um, and then, as, as I think he thought things were going to start, um, he was, you know, oh, I was just tucking in my shirt. No, he was definitely looking for some action. She was a hot young chick. And in real life, she's like 24. Right. But in the, sh- in the movie, Borat runs in and goes, she's only, she's 14. She's way too old for you or something like that. And that's <laughs> when he just, 
all right, I'm out, <laughs> and runs away. He didn't know he's. He didn't. That's know a he's, setup, man. It was 100 percent a setup, but Jeez. it was it was funny. I guess that is. Humor, but I'm not so. gonna. I'm not gonna. I'm chastise the old man for <laughs> tucking in his shirt, dude. Dude, who you wouldn't? I mean, if you were a single. Dude, oh, I'd have tucked my shirt in. I'd have been tucking you in and out and in and out and in and out. In and out and in and out. Uh, so back to the the Pamela thing. Okay. Um, I I bring this up often when we talk about relationships in the in the celebrity world. You think that was for real? Oh, I think they liked each other and yeah. dated for a bit. Yeah. Yeah. I would say. Okay. I mean, I'll t- I'll take that. As, I'll accept that as because they weren't bubblegum teeny bopper dealios. No. They were adults. They were making adult music, adult shows, adult stuff. Right. They weren't the Aaron Carters of the world. No, 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 like, no. Yeah, his manager didn't go, you know what you need to get bigger? Selena uh, Gomez. A, a, a girl. No, I think I think that was probably real. No, you're right. Yeah, right. I heard there was an issue, too, where they were, he didn't want to, he wanted to be in Michigan maybe more, and she wanted to be in L.A. and Sure. And stuff like that. Um, do you want to hear my maybe true, may not be true story about Kid Rock and a pontoon? A uh, rumor? Oh, I love rumors. Yeah, man. Spread some um, rumors. So this this guy that I know, uh, we'll call him Idiot Steve. <laughs> That's what we always used to call him. Yeah, Idiot Steve. Um, no, he, he we as the crow flies, where where Bob lives is probably only twenty miles away from my house, maybe thirty. I mean, it's not that far. It might take forty minutes to get there. And the reason it takes so long to get from point A to point B is there's a billion lakes everywhere. You got to go snaking around lakes, you know, oh, like in dude. Fenton and, yeah, man. And, and Clarkston and all that crap. You think Minnesota's got lakes. Michigan's got friggin' lakes, dude. Well, yeah. So the area, it's not like there's a direct grid pattern here where you can just get to the house. No straight So lines. anyways, um, this guy was out hanging out on his boat. And then, you know, pontoons will just be kind of like uh, Idiot Steve's out there. And they just kind of come together and people are just hanging out, drinking yeah, yeah. beers. You tie a couple pontoons, get out. your flotilla. Maybe you're at the sandbar or in the beach on a oh, lake or dude. whatever. Just having some fun in the summer. It's a, it definitely a thing. And so, um, and so, and the reason he ended up tying up to this other boat with his buddy uh, was they knew each other. But there was this other guy in the boat, too. Uh-huh. And the reason this other guy was on the boat, that's Bob. Um uh, so idiot Steve ties up to this boat and his buddy Mark, whatever. He's like, "Hey, why don't you meet my my friend Bob here? Um, our kids are gonna go to homecoming together." Oh, yeah. So he's like, "Oh, nice to meet you. Cool." And so uh, he's like, "I'm drinking with this guy like all afternoon." And next thing you know, he grabs some guitar from some other boat and he's playing. And I'm like, "You sound just like that singer. Uh, what's this guy's name? The 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 long kid, right?" And, and they like like, "Yeah, that's him." That's because that's, that's who him. I am. That's, well, you said your name was Bob. You didn't say it was Kid Rock. Oh, Kid Rock isn't your born name. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> wasn't born that so, way. So I mean, he was just casually hanging out with one of the bigger wow. celebrity slash music industry stars at the time. That's awesome. And the guys is like, yeah, my daughter's going to homecoming with his son, or it, with it, my son's going to homecoming with Kid Rock's daughter. Or wow. That was just kind of like, ah, all right. You want another beer? Yeah, sure. Okay. <laughs> Never. Did we just become best friends? That's pretty cool. Let's do karate in the garage together. Okay, and I'm going to put a full disclaimer on this. That might not have ever happened. But And I'm going to put another disclaimer on it. I'm <laughs> going to 100% believe that happened. Oh, I choose to believe that happened I in my world. I choose what I was programmed to believe. Yeah, man. Why yeah, not? Yeah, so I don't know if that's a cool... But I. But again, I think that goes into my thinking of, of, of Bob as being an approachable celebrity. 
Oh, I yeah. would think so. Yeah, I think he's more common man than some. Yes. Than most. I would agree. Than all. 100% better than all other celebrities when approachability. So if you see him on the street, just go over and like start hanging out with him and, and you know put your arm around him and cough in his face and stuff. He'll be yeah, he's just like us. Yeah, that's how I want it. 2004, just like you and me, he performs at the Super Bowl halftime show. Oh, did he? It's a super controversial appearance, though, because uh, the VFW, the Veterans of Foreign Wars, and this guy, Senator Zell Miller, they go after Bobby because he wears an American flag with a slit down the middle as a poncho. They took oh. great offense to that. Quote from Zell Miller, seeing this ignoramus with his head stuck up through a hole he'd cut in the flag of the United States, yelling about how having a bottle of scotch and watching lots of crotch, Kid Rock should be tarred and feathered and ridden out of this country on a rail. I don't know why I made him country or southern, but I did. <laughs> I think he probably, he probably close. <laughs> right. I think you're probably close. Uh, uh, I mean, do you remember that, though? I, I now can picture him in the flag. Yeah. But, I mean, he was always... He's still today. He's got the American flag. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's he'll bring it out and wrap himself in it and sing you his songs. Yep. If it's not the American flag, sometimes it's a Confederate flag. Uh, he, I was going to say, he had a bit of an issue with the Confederate flag, but he dropped it. He was like, all right, no more. Uh, we're good. Did I, he? Sorry. Yeah. He's right. he like, I love black people. He's like, what are you talking about? Well, I, I I do remember him getting maybe questioned about it at some point. Right. And, and, and a lot of people come into his defense going, no, this no, this dude right here. He's, Nice guy. Not racist. Not a racist guy. <laughs> no. Well, Bobby is accused of desecrating the flag, um, and as we talked about, people got all up in arms about it, but this would be forgotten because at that Super Bowl, there was Justin Timberlake and Janet Jackson. Whoa, was that the same one? So right. there was what you might remember, a wardrobe malfunction, and Janet's boob got popped out because, well, Justin just pulled her boob out on tv and everyone was like kid rock bob who <laughs> janet's boob dude are you t- yeah i saw that did you see the halftime show can you believe it they weren't talking about the flag that's like when you're a kid and you do something stupid and all you're praying for is that your your older sibling does something <laughs> even more stupid oh please screw up even more please please or sometimes you'll even throw them under the bus uh, uh yeah i took a cookie out of the cookie jar but um Nick rode his bike down the road without asking. (laughs) (laughs) Nick, you're not supposed to do that. Uh, Bob releases his seventh studio album, Rock and Roll Jesus. Yeah, I don't think that one was as big in my head. Which is the first release to chart number one on the Billboard 200. I was way off on that one. Selling 172,000 copies in his first week and going on to sell over 5 million copies. The album's third single, All Summer Long, became a global hit, utilizing a mashup of Leonard Skinner's Sweet Home Alabama, Warren Zevon's Werewolves of London. If you learn how to play that chord progression, you can play three songs. <laughs> ah, woo, Werewolves of London. Honestly, I thought it was rock and roll. You can play probably ah, about a thousand werewolves songs. Werewolves of London. Dun, dun, sweet Home Alabama. What's the other one? His thing. Uh... All summer Catching long. Uh, from the dock yeah, sitting and learning the t- something mm. begin to rock by the clock in the rock. Man, you had it too. <laughs> All right. Catching walleyes at the dock. That's the only line I remember. That's the only All line I summer long. Anyway, yeah, learn that. You got three songs because we play a medley with that back in the band. Because the first song I ever chose to sing, like as a drummer, you don't get to sing a lot of songs by yourself. But I was like, I'm singing a song. So I picked Warren Zevon's Werewolves of London. And it became a smash hit. Anytime our band played it anywhere, everybody would be singing, ah, woo, 
And I'm like, yes, I'm the best singer-drummer ever. Take that, Phil Collins. That's a great song. It's a good song. And you get to say Warren Zevon. Yeah, and you get to then get your name put in the same category as Phil Collins. Well, right? Yeah. Yeah. What other singer-drummers are there in the world that you've ever heard of? Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Peter Chris from Kiss. Beth, I hear you calling. Did he sing while he drummed? No, he got on a stool and had a rose and went out in the center of the stage with a single pin spot. I'm the cat man. I know now more about Kiss than I ever have. There you go. All right. Speaking of knowing more about people, June 16th, 2005, Bobby's charged with assaulting a DJ in a strip club. What strip club? Well, back in February, Bob was up at uh, Christie's Cabaret, an adult entertainment club in the downtown of Nashville. Oh, not not in the Michigan here. No, I looked too. I, sp- I was like, hey, where's Christie's Cabaret? <laughs> yeah, we don't have that many strip clubs in Michigan, and most of them are in Metro Detroit. What are you talking about? There's strip clubs everywhere. There's Deja Vu's in every city. There's LLT. There's Cloud9. LLT's there's... for sale. You want to buy it? Yeah, we I should. I just drove by it the other day. I was at the Lumberyard. Crime and porn. We've and... talked about this before on the show. So- Sidebar. Um, Strip clubs? Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Let's so, do it. All right. I don't like I still it. have a list of more strip clubs I could keep going. I don't Mr. like Mr. Cheese. I don't like to talk about COVID a whole lot in my life. I, I'm over it. I'm done. I'm not over COVID. I'm just sick of talking about it. But Big, Big Beaver Road. There, <laughs> there's no strip clubs on Big Beaver. Dude. Uh, so anyways, um, that's 16 miles. So that's only a few miles away from eight mile. That's also off of I-69, guys, for people uh, who aren't exit, from around here. Exit 69. Exit 69. I-75. 75, right. So anyways, um, ah. the, uh, the, the strip clubs at one point at the beginning of COVID, just like everything else, got shut right down, right? <laughs> shut down. <laughs> Makes sense. Yeah. Get, can't have people going to restaurants. No. You can't have people going to church. Can't have people going to strip clubs. No. So then at. A later date, after people were starting to be allowed to do restaurants and crap like that, boom, strip clubs. I'm back open, back at it, doing strip club stuff. Well, they had to follow all the same rules as the restaurants did here. And this is in Michigan, so I'm sure if you're listening in another part of the world or a different state, the rules were very... A little different. Different, yeah. Very uh, a smorgasbord of rules in this world. Oh, yeah, so, pick and choose. So anyways, as a waiter or waitress would have to wear a mask all day... Don't tell me. So did the strippers. Wow. And well, it, it was a more of a mental sorry, sorry Michelle. Michelle. It was more of a mental exercise. I guess I was thinking about strip clubs, I guess, are open. That's weird. Are they really open? And do they have to wear a mask? So I pose this quest- question to my to my wife. And we're just sitting there and I'm just thinking about, okay, they gotta wear a mask at a strip club. That's that's weird. If they do, I want to go. I don't really want to go to a strip club, but I feel like once in a lifetime opportunity. Research. To get a to get grinded on with some nude chick wearing sure. a mask. So I asked Sarah and she says, You know what? Um, her boss's husband was at a bachelor party at that moment. Oh, sure. I'd need somebody immediately to call this guy. Right. So we did. We called him. He's like, Yep, there are strippers in the strip club naked with masks on. <laughs> I'm gonna need to FaceTime you to prove this. This is such a wonderful time to time to be on this earth, Brian. Wow. Well, then it was pretty quick because that was still when churches were shut down. Whoa. And so you know it wasn't it wasn't too long after that where people were like, so I can't go to church, but I can go to a strip club. <laughs> so churches were just starting to say, Nah, we're yeah. not doing service today. We're doing uh, this is I'm stripping up in the priest the <laughs> waving his tie around, going yeah, okay right. as he's given the good word. But yeah, what a time to be alive! What a time to be alive! You're, you're getting you're getting a lap dance in the VIP room with this girl all up in your business. 
Yeah, she's got a mask. You should be good. Well, you're all up in her business, but uh, no, yes, set in your hands, Brian. I know. I was thinking that. I'm like, you can't touch him. So you gotta sit, sit on your hands. I, what do you? What, how? What's does stripper glitter transmit COVID? <laughs> Is that... Dude, uh, if I got, I would like to rid the world of glitter. I hate glitter. Oh, glitter doesn't. It's the uh, hate glitter. Yeah, you should. I don't you, know. They do make disposable glitter now because glitter's uh, one of the horrible things for the environment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh I, I don't like it on my, my floor. When my kids would get glitter out, I would go ape fucking shit. What, uh, what are you guys working on with the glitter? <laughs> uh, well, I mean, just like little crafty projects or something for school or making uh. a birthday card for their friends and they're using glitter and glue. I'm like, go, out the, go outside. All right. As long as you weren't doing like stripper training or something weird. <laughs> no, I was not teaching my children to be strippers. Let's go back to the strippers, though. No children. Okay. Just strippers. I, all right. All right more, Bobby's more a crisp... Uh, Christie's. Bobby's at Christie's Cabaret. Uh, this guy, Jerry Campos, he's the DJ. Okay. He's from Cedar Hill, Tennessee. He's 30 years old. He's up there on the ones and twos. DJ Jerry Campos. Uh, so he's getting he's he's starting to talk though. He's like exchanging words with somebody in the audience. Like somebody's giving him hassle. And he's like, oh, whatever, you know, so they're arguing. So the DJ's getting heckled. Yeah. Okay. And then and he's heckling back. All right. Like, like I don't know if you remember Jason uh, and I used to DJ at a bowling alley. And there was only one CD player. So when the song stopped, it took us a minute to switch to the next song. <laughs> we would get heckled. And I'm like, oh, man. So it doesn't feel good. And you're just like, give us, a, give me a break, man. There's only one CD player. <laughs> and we're doing our best, okay? Well, it didn't help that Jason could never get through a full entire song. You know? No. <laughs> I got something else to re listen to. Listen to this. The DJ with ADHD. <laughs> no, not, but no, that just it fades out. You know how it ends. Here, listen to this, though. This part's my favorite. They didn't have one of those big five turny style. <laughs> they did not. Oh. So the guy's getting heckled. I feel for him. I've been heckled as a DJ. It sucks. And uh, Bob thinks that DJ's yelling at his friend. Ain't having none of that, right? So apparently the conversation was something like, and Bob took great offense to it. He's like, oh, hell no. <laughs> I'm coming across yep. that board. He comes up to the DJ booth, and he's like, you apologize to my friend right now. And DJ Jerry's like, I, I wasn't even taught. Who are you? What are you talking about? Bob punches him in the face twice. <laughs> I that's street that's for reals. I mean, that's how it goes, right? TV footage from outside the club shows Campos with a big red mark on his face, and he's holding his broken eyeglasses. We got a quote from Bobby. They said I broke his glasses. Who? <laughs> so Bo the guy you just got done punching twice. Bob and another well-known entertainer whose name will not be divulged because he hasn't been charged. They left uh, Christie's through the back door. So you don't know who that is. I I could not find it. I have no idea. Huh? Maybe Pamela. I don't know. Well, no, they're divorced. But uh, I think still go to the trip. Anyway, yeah. they uh, the authorities show up to arrest him a little later. They catch up with him about seven a.m. He's at an apartment near Vanderbilt University. Um, he's been staying there while in town because he's in town to perform at a memorial service for this guy uh, Merle Kilgore. He's a songwriter, and uh, he was gonna Bob's gonna do this thing at the Ryman Auditorium. The Ryman Hyman. So cops are like, all right, we go to his place where he's staying. They pick him up. Police describe Bobby as being very cooperative, despite giving officers the slip earlier. Uh, when they found him, he told them he, he left because he'd been drinking. He wanted to sober up before he got booked. That's not a terrible... <laughs> that's that's probably being honest. That's the Well, yeah, that's a good Dude, plan, you, too. You try to book me when I'm drunk, 
I'm gonna get in way more trouble. Just right. Uh, I'll get. I'll get there. We'll get there. I believe Bobby actually has one of those people who tells him when to go to court and what to do, like a lawyer, and he listens to him. I think. Does he? So Good. that seems to be the case. All but right. Good for him. DJ Jerry Campos is seeking half a million dollars in punitive damages and seventy-five thousand dollars in compensatory damages in a lawsuit against Bobby. Yeah. Punch me in the face, asshole. Bob pleads no contest to criminal assault, given a suspended sentence of 11 months and 29 days in jail. So that's good, because he could have done a month in jail. Suspended. He's also ordered to complete eight hours of anger management class and pay $180 to replace Campos' eyeglasses. That's all he had to pay? Oh, that was in the... That was in the, the- the trial, the law, not the lawsuit. Right. No, that's what I was just thinking. That was I was a criminal charge. I haven't had new glasses in 20 years, and I was looking the other day, and that lady was like, that's going to be $970. And I'm like, no, it's not. <laughs> Thanks. I was looking at titanium frames, and they had like a coating. Eyeglasses.com, man. No, I know. Are they right? a sponsor? Right. Uh, <laughs> no, not a sponsor. Dude, I go to them all the time. Well, there you go. You get the same damn pair of glasses. Yeah, no, time. I just, you know, it's been a while. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, he got out there kind of lucky. He got the suspended sentence on the criminal thingy and then only had to pay for glasses on the civil suit. Well, he, no, that wasn't the civil suit. I'm sure there was a civil suit that got. There's two. You get in trouble. I couldn't find. I could, yeah, you get in you trouble twice. You get in trouble I for couldn't. the law and then you can get sued on the side for by the person you hit. No, you're right. Okay, I'm looking here. He, yeah. I don't have anything on the civil suit, but I'm sure had to pay the 180 something. is the damages for the criminal thing. Yeah. yeah. All yeah. right. So if you go on a rampage downtown, you start tipping over trash cans and busting windows, you're going to get in trouble for it. Have to criminal criminally. Yeah. Have a record or a sheet. Um, and you're going to have to pay for those windows. Yeah, that's true. But then the people that you scared along the way and hit or whatever, then they can sue you civilly. Yes. Correct. Okay, I, cool. I, maybe correct. Hey, look at it, man. We're doing good on this. So much lawyering. I don't... 59 episodes in, and we know we're almost talking about kind of sort of hearsay. Yeah. Go call your lawyer. If you need a lawyer, just call us. I have one. The, the podcast has a lawyer. No, I think we can Rob. be lawyers. Oh. Yeah. I'll give you legal advice. <laughs> I'll give you... Met. I'll be a doctor. <laughs> you be a lawyer. This is perfect. All right. All right. Well, uh, what they could have used maybe a doctor and a lawyer in 2006 because California pornographic film company Red Light Districts attempts to distribute a 1999 sex tape which stars Bobby and Scott Staff, singer what? of the band Creed. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Explain. Please yeah. don't ruin everything <laughs> in my life. I'm a big Scott Staff fan. You know that. Well, Bobby and Scott are seen partying and receiving oral sex from... Groupies. Oh, okay, good. I thought you meant these two dudes were in a sex tape together. Ah. Well, they are. Well, not doing things to each other. Well, they're sitting right next to each other well, on a couch. A little. Okay. From what I saw. No, I'm kidding. I actually didn't, didn't watch. I didn't watch this sex tape. Do you, you have it queued up, Brian? And play. No, I don't want to see it, Brian. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Brian was hitting buttons on his computer for, for actual computer button hitting. No, not, no, not, not, no, He does not have the video out. This is not a planned uh, thing from Bobby or staff. They both file with California courts to sue the pornographers to stop the tape's distribution. We got a quote from Red Light District President David Joseph. What does is, what is a porn president sound like? DJ? 
No, like the guy who would run a porn corn, porn company. What would he sound like? I think he'd sound like evil. evil. Okay. We, we obtained the tape from a third party. Yes. We haven't decided exactly when we're re-releasing it, but look forward to it in a few months. <sighs> yeah, so uh, there's a Kid Rock sex tape out there if you really want to go for it, I, people. No. Well, I mean, it's not. If you're one of the rockers or Rockies or kiddos, whatever, go for it. Yeah. Not um, children. The never mind. Hey, didn't Steve O isn't Steve O now doing something where he's telling stories about himself and his life? Yes, he has an awesome web series about just he's just letting it all hang yeah, out there. Well, didn't he have one about Kid Rock? I did not look like, into that. Like and Kid Rock got out the biggest ball of cocaine you ever seen and <laughs> and put it on the piano and said, We're gonna do this whole thing or something. <laughs> like Steve O's like so Kid Rock, we're at a party. We go over to the other room where there's nobody at, and all of a sudden he just whips out the biggest bag of cocaine I'd ever seen in my life, put it on the piano, and said, we ain't going to leave until this is gone or something like that. Oh, my like God. That. Well, if that's a true story, well, that's if it's, incredible. If it's not, I'm still going to believe it, <laughs> even if Steve-O never told the story. In my head, now that is a that is, that is that 100%, happened. 100% happened. 100% happened. Yep. Happened. yep. Well, 2007, this happened. At the MTV Video Music Awards, Bob gets into a fist fight with Motley Crue drummer and owner of Giant Wanger, Tommy Lee. <laughs> Another one of Pam Anderson's exes, as we described. Giant Wanger. He gets charged with assault. Uh, he is ejected from the Nevada ceremony. That's where they were at at MTV. And right. In front of thousands of fans, after punching Tommy Lee, the cops determined the altercation was strictly between Bobby and Tommy Lee and nobody else. Where was that at? In Vegas? Uh, that was in... You said Nevada. Nevada. So, yeah, I imagine it was in Vegas. Yeah. I wonder if it was at the Hard Rock Cafe. That would make the most sense for MTV, like, playing into it. You know? Only because I want to tell a story. <laughs> Yeah, story about the Hard Rock Cafe. We were there. We were at in Vegas for a trade show in and, 2007. Oh no! Oh, eh, okay. maybe close. Ooh. I mean, it wasn't this night, cause, oh, cause. Um, um, so me and another dude, I think I've told this story before, are eating dinner at like the Hard Rock Cafe. Just you no, know, we'd go to those places because they're whatever. Um, had to get a T-shirt, and then. <laughs> The, the waitress comes up to us and said, hey, um, just to let you know, we're closing. The place is being closed for a private event, and you're, we'd like to pay for your meal or something because we weren't done eating, and right. they needed to start setting up for this private event. I don't know. Whatever happened, happened there. We're like, oh, okay, well, we're just finishing anyway. That's cool. Well, just curiously, what's the private event? The VMAs were being set up. In oh! Hotel. Yeah, and the dude I was with, a big perv ball. Way older than me, he was. It was kind of a grandpa-ish figure. Oh Lord! But he was a skeevy perv ball. And you, I, you know too many of those. Well, it was in sales. Okay, so oh, whatever. Well, that makes sense. Yeah. So this yeah. dude all of a sudden had a heart on, like he needed to be there for this, and he was trying to weasel his way in. I can't get out the fucking door fast enough. I'm like, get me out of here, people. Gotta I, go. I just, I don't want to be involved. I, let's just go to the casino, baby. So, anyways, uh. Yeah, Bill. His name was Bill. I won't give his last name. Idiot Bill. Uh, idiot Bill. No. So he was. He's like, well, how do I get? He's from Jersey. So my Jersey. Like, how do I get this? I need. I need a ticket. I, you know, I need a ticket. I got all those tapes. I can be a big part of this. He's trying to get himself weaseled in at the VMAs at the Hard Rock Cafe. Does he do it? V- 
VMAs is the the porno one, right? No, that's the AVNAs or something like the adult video. Yeah, that's what I meant. Movie. Oh, so, yeah, I was like, so <laughs> please edit all the VMAs into the adult porno industry awards. Yeah, we can do that. All right, all right, cool. All right, terrible story. <laughs> Way to ruin it, Ben. Thanks. All right. Well, uh, speaking of ruining things, speaking of ruining it, Bobby ruined those MTV Movie Awards. He he gets a citation for misdemeanor battery. Uh, he's got to go to court. And he gets well. He could face a maximum sentence of six months behind bars for the fight with Tommy yeah, Lee. Yeah, fighting Tommy Lee. I didn't look into Tommy Lee's punishment. I should have. Well, I mean, they were probably. You want to go? You want to go? Yeah, let's go. I mean, they fought. Probably true. Like two frat boys. Yeah, Tommy Lee's just swinging his hips at him. <laughs> Bob's like five feet away. Like I can't get closer. I can't get in on him. So, uh, you'd think that would get him straightened out, but a month later, he's arrested and charged with battery after fighting with a Waffle House patron. <laughs> Ever been to a Waffle House? I've been to hundreds of them. Aren't they good? I love them. Yeah, man. Love the Waffle well, House. Well, Bobby stopped at a Waffle House restaurant shortly after 5 a.m. following his performance at the Tabernacle in Atlanta, Georgia. I was going to say Atlanta because and there are literally places in Atlanta and in Georgia, okay, where all four corners at a where two roads intersect, oh, all four corners will have a fucking Waffle House. They're all full, and I'm not kidding. Yeah, <laughs> I believe look, it. I remember looking out my window of the hotel and thinking, "There's one, there's one, there's one," and I know there's one behind the hotel. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually staying in a Waffle House right now. It's the Waffle House uh, Hotel. Well, the Caleb County Police uh, Department they said, "quote." He and five members of his entourage were involved in a fight with a male customer inside the Waffle House. Hmm. Guess he didn't get them scattered and smothered. <laughs> I'll trust you. I've never been to a Waffle House. That's how you order their hash browns, man. Scattered, oh, scattered smothered. smothered. Police said that the uh, patron recognized a female that was with Bob's party, right? And he exchanged some words with her. And then, quote, it escalated to a physical altercation between Kid Rock and a male customer and moved outside to the parking lot, she said. At one point, the patron punched a punched out a restaurant window, swinging a miss. That's just how the things happen at a Waffle House. I've seen you can look up YouTube videos of Waffle House fights, and boy, there's a lot. It's great. World it's so star. In- oh, and their waffle, their their uh, omelets, so fluffy, buttery, fluffy omelets. I may, uh, maybe I don't even know what they would do. Put some of the pancake mix in with the eggs. I don't no, know they use a, a a blender. Like you'd use to make a, oh, uh, a yeah, milkshake. Yeah. Yep. They put their eggs in That's that little metal cup. And they put it up on and they go, and then they hit the button. They walk away for twenty minutes. Ooh, and they come back. It <laughs> comes back and they dump in the pan. Make you and you get a steak omelet there. It's so good. It's like steak pieces in oh, an omelet. With that cheese. sounds good. You're making me hungry. I am super hungry right now. I've, I don't know how it came up yesterday. It was the idea of like you can have anything you want. Oh, somebody it was rich people on a plane or something like that. Like, can we get you something? You can have anything you want. And I was like. Want cloud eggs and a Japanese pancake, and then that would be my order. What What is that? Well, cloud eggs are just like an egg, but they do something to where it's like 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 one egg is like super big, like a bowling ball. It's all fluffy and like I don't know. They run it through a strainer or something, and then a Japanese pancake is like a normal pancake, but they're about two three inches thick. Hmm. So, yeah, just want to sounds like a that. regular cake. <laughs> Cake for we breakfast. Just, we just call it cake here. Yeah, you can't eat cake for breakfast. What are you talking about? May eggs, milk. Flour, it's all I, good stuff. I know you can't have your pudding unless you eat your meat. No, that's true. Okay. I believe ACDC just released a new album. I'm not kidding. Well, that very well may be, but that was not ACDC. Oh, no. God, you're right. Who is that? That's Pink Floyd. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. But ACDC is getting ready to release a new album, and that was after their main, uh, the not the singer, but 
Brian Johnson. No. Um, who's the dude? He had an ear problem. He had like his ear. He was going deaf. We talked about this. He had to stop. They had to stop touring because they had a lot of like problems that old men have. Yeah. <laughs> and then he got his hearing back, so they're like, fuck it. Let's put another album together. All right. Yeah, right. He was done. Axl Rose is filling in. Check out the Axl Rose episode. Yeah. And uh, you're right. He did have a surgery or something or stem cells or something, and now he's got his hearing back. He had some crazy and thing, crazy doctor. I think it's Brian used. Johnson because Scott Bon Scott's dead. So Yeah. Yeah. All right. There you go. All right. See, we can talk about music on the show. This is what we should do. Yeah, I, we can pontificate I, I, I and that. make stuff up. No. Cards. I researched. I pontificate and make stuff up. There you go. That's your job. Uh, cops found Bobby and his left in his tour bus, and uh, he was stopped about two kilometers from the restaurant. Kilometers at a Waffle House. Who was using kilometers down south? They barely know. know what miles are. I must have got this from a Canadian source. Uh, he and five members of his entourage are taken into custody, booked on a misdemeanor charge of simple battery. Police said the other customer was charged with a felony, criminal to distribute uh, with felony criminal damage to property. Okay. So that well, he punched through your window. Oh yeah, right. Swing and a miss, and then you got to pay the consequences. Bobby's released from the county jail on a bond at five p.m. He pleads no contest to one count and is fined a thousand dollars, as well as being required to perform eighty hours of community service. And complete a six-hour anger management course. That seems like a lot. Do you think when the guy punched through the window, um, Bob was just trying to de-escalate the situation, and he was standing there very still, and the guy came up to him and like got in a fighting stance? Okay. And like then this. the guy, he just he like goes to punch Bob like right through the face, and Bob just quickly moves off to one side. Just the and dodge. he puts his hand right through the window. Bah! And then and then it happens again on another window with his bah! other hand. His knuckles are all bloody. Yeah, and his knuckles are bloody, and then they make a Netflix uh, TV show about it. I think they could. He's got. Oh a, no, that was the. He's got to break a trophy in half, though. That was the, okay. I hope everybody's getting the karate. Kid I tried my here. best, Coach. Second place isn't that bad. <laughs> all right, all right. Let's continue. Sorry, a lot of tangents here. We're at a minute. We're at a minute and a half on this uh, podcast. Uh, people are just sitting in their driveways, like, are they going to wrap this up? <laughs> I was promised an hour long. Right. Show. Sorry, guys. I'm telling you, it's worth it. There's some fun stuff at the end. So just hang in there. Trust me. <laughs> Sounds like your wedding night, Brian. Woo! Well, I don't have a tangent for that because <laughs> Rick Rubin did not produce our wedding night. Probably would have been more fun. Or And there's a special guest appearance by Sheryl Crow and Bob Seger. Hell, that would have been a party. <laughs> 2010, I'm talking about Bob releases his country-oriented eighth album, Born Free. And it was produced by Rick Rubin. And it did have special guests, Sheryl Crow and Bob Seger. Yeah. Bob Seger's gonna. He had. He just had his farewell tour, right? Was he dead? No, it was like his fifth one. Oh, but whatever. <laughs> like a rock. Uh, 2012 also sees release of Bob's ninth studio album, Rebel Soul. He said he wanted the album to feel like a greatest hit album, but with all new songs. <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> I want these songs that people have known and heard for years, but new ones. Like Where Was the London? Ah, woo. Uh, one of the songs on the album is Coochie Galore. Introduced Bob's alter ego, Bobby Shazam, if you remember from the quiz in the beginning. Yeah, from way at the beginning. Well, you nailed it off of Bob, so. But yeah, he calls himself Bobby Shazam. 2013, Bobby performs on, quote, Best Night Ever Tour. Uh, he is sending out these motions, though. He doesn't want to charge more than 20 bucks for tickets. So, like, screw you, Ticketmaster. No, I remember. Ma- mas- yeah. That, that was really cool of him. I, he did that for a while. Like, nope, I want cheap <laughs> yes. concerts. Uh, that's correct. He it really kind of fought like, man, I'll take. he would take a pay cut as long as the people's tickets were cheaper, like 20, 30 bucks. 
Yeah, because he was going so, around to these venues saying, you know, if you need to charge a hundred bucks for a couple of these seats, whatever, but the rest got to be cheap. We right. got to have. And he he was also a dude. If he sold out the the two concerts he was supposed to do, he'd be like, "Give me another." There's people that still want to come see this. I want to make sure they can come see this and um, don't charge a lot. Man of the people. Yeah. Uh, well, being of the people, January 2015, Bob's highly criticized for fans for appearing in a photograph holding up a dead cougar that was killed on a hunting trip with him and Ted Nugent. Just your PR people should tell you, just don't take pictures with Ted Nugent. Well, just make sure the fence is out of the background of the picture if you're hunting with Ted Nugent. Oh! <laughs> yeah, just, 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 it's a local just joke. stay away from Ted Nugent. It's a local joke where, anyway. July 2017, he releases two singles from his next album, Podunk and Greatest Show on Earth, both released on the same day. Okay. I don't remember either one of those. Nah, I, I, after they took Napster off, I couldn't get his stuff anymore. I'm out. I'm buying music. I'm out. Uh, in November of that year, he releases his 11th studio album, Sweet Southern Sugar. So he's, I mean, he's there. He's, he's, we've established he's Bob. Yeah, he's, he's, a, he's turning stuff out yeah. for fun. Right. Uh, speaking of fun, it's the circus. December 22nd, 2017, Bobby is sued by Ringling Brothers and Barnum and Bailey Circus, which closed seven months earlier, though, uh, for using their slogan, Greatest Show on Earth, as the name of his 2018 tour. Oh, yeah. Well, you can't do that. Not supposed to do that. Didn't work for us, and we're closed and bankrupt, but you can't use it either. Hmm. After the lawsuit, Bobby changes the tour's name to American Rock and Roll Tour. <laughs> That's what it said on the folder when it came from the PR place. Uh, this one's the American Rock and Roll Tour. What do you want to call it? The American. Uh, Rock and what do you Roll got tour. here? Uh, you got um, the Post-it notes. You got no. That's stupid. Plastic pickle jar. I can't get American Rock Tour. Yeah, let's call it that. Let's go that. All right. September twenty first, two thousand eighteen. Bobby releases his first greatest hits album titled "Greatest Hits You Never Saw Coming." Okay, that's yeah. probably like the last greatest hits album with the new songs. Like you never saw these ones going to be big, <laughs> but they are. So he did just put his greatest hits on the album. Uh, yes, that that one was All an right. actual greatest hits okay. album, right? Uh, so November thirtieth, two thousand nineteen, Bobby draws controversy after he's recorded making a series of inappropriate statements while intoxicated at his restaurant in Nashville. Um, unfortunately, he included some rude comments about Oprah Winfrey. <laughs> people won't the, stand the, for that the, I, you know as much as we are the delete delete generation right now cancel culture baby. cancel culture thank you that's what i was looking for um yeah i don't think you're gonna just unless he just does something really really stupid if he says something stupid he can just go the ultimate excuse eh, i was drunk i was drunk i was drunk just drunk at my sorry. bar i'm sorry sorry December 2019, after receiving major pushback for his comments, Bobby decides to close his Detroit branch of his restaurant, located in Little Caesars Arena. I've been there. Well, you can't go back, but when he was asked for comments about the closure, he said, quote, it's wise to go where you're celebrated, not tolerated. Oh, he did. Okay. He, he, he's like, fine, fuck you. I'm going to take my ball and leave. Well, I guess he got canceled pretty hard. Yeah. So. I don't, well, when, when did that, when did he shut that down? Uh, last year, December 2019. Okay. Well, I think they were also maybe not doing as well as he wanted them to, too, as well. I mean, he it probably was, worked out this whole COVID thing hitting after that. You know? Yeah, he got out on a high note. Re- well, no, that was a pretty cool place. I, we went, I went there with the only time I've ever been to Little Caesar's Arena, and right? The, the, the Pizza Arena, as I like to call it. Oh, yeah, yeah. The uh, we had dinner there. It's fine. 
It's fine. Saw new it's, kids on the block there with my wife. It's, it's food. It was an amazing uh, venue, man. Jeez. The seats are all good. We were in the upper decks, too, and I'm like, I still could see the stage perfectly. And then Debbie Gibson was way on the other side. Still could see her, too. It was <laughs> Debra, awesome. Deborah Gibson, she likes to be called. Right. Miss Deborah. Right. Uh, speaking about weird names, March 29th, 2020, Bob releases his first single under the name DJ Bobby Shazam, entitled Quarantine. Quarantine. I wonder what it's about. Was it... Uh, was it spelled with a C O R N? Corn. Quarantine. No, it's just with the Q and the U. All right. Like a proper spelling. Uh, it features old school hip hop sounds. So he states all the proceeds are going to go to fight COVID 19. He's responsible for the cure. He might be. In other accomplishments, Bob's an ordained minister. He collects guns. He has an American Music Award, a World Music Award, a People's Choice Award, five Grammy nominations, a CMT Award, a CMA Award. Kid Rock holds the Michigan record for most tickets sold with 150000 for a run of 10 consecutive sold-out shows and has recently set uh, in the Little Seniors Arena attendance record in his hometown of Detroit with 86,893 people at six sold out shows. That's that's the those six sold out shows were I think the first six things they did at the LCA when they opened it. I believe you're correct. Yeah, I think they knew they wanted to go in with a bang and they just all right, let's what do you want to do first? Huh? Call Kid, call Kid Rock. Rock. Yeah, so bah people just just swamped it. Just went down there every single show. There were people that went to all the shows. Well, you should have, and if you would, you might have heard this quote from Robert James Ritchie himself. Quote, it's the worst name in the world. The only person that had a dumber name than me was Fresh Prince. Hey, it sounded like a cool rap name when I was 16, but it stuck, and now it's me. I'll be an 80-year-old man. Call me the kid. Kid <laughs> Rock, ladies and gentlemen. Buttons are hard, Bry. Hey, put them all in uh, there. Yeah, no, I like Kid Rock. I I, I celebrate his entire album. Um, no, I <laughs> that just he, the one. This to us, he's a local dude. It's not like we're hanging out with him later, but he is a guy that if you go down to the Union at Clarkston and hang out and great have some mac beers, and cheese, great mac and cheese at the great Union, great mac and cheese. A couple good smoked items on the menu too. Some oh sausage. yeah, that's right. They got yeah. some sausages and briskets. But yeah, man, no, you'll you'll you could. I've heard the rumors for years, like oh, Kid Rock was here, or like you're saying on some of the lakes, like oh, Kid Rock was here, and you're like shit. Well, I don't missed think, him. See, no, I, I think the tone's wrong, Brian. I think you're oh, Kid Rock was here. Yeah, Kid Rock was here. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's true. We're, yeah. we're callous to it. It's local. Well, I, I I never I've never met the dude. No, no. Never. My no. my celebrity run-ins with the celebrities is very limited and sad. I got a couple stories from back in the day, but nothing about Kid Rock. Uh, the one that really gets me is that, uh, what's his name? Harry Potter was hanging out at the Don Pablo's in Flint because he was dating that Flint girl. Oh, really? And I was like, dude, we're there. Like, we were there at the same time. Well, I think, uh, didn't Tom Petty marry some chick from Flushing or something? I believe that's correct. Yeah. We're just I, going deep. I ran into Darren McCarty on an airplane once, home, <laughs> coming home from Vegas. Oh, yeah? He had a big thing of French fries covered in gravy, and he's walking around <laughs> like he's half stumbling around drunk. It was the uh, all-star break for the hockey, when Dr he played hockey. Drunk on carbs. Well, we started talking about sports talk, so that brings it back to, uh, let's talk about some feedback. Oh, we got feedback? We do have feedback. Right. That's what gives me the biggest. What do you say? Jason gets very whatnot with the question at the beginning. That's correct. That that hurts his soul. That noise. I'm telling you, man. 
We got some feedback on YouTube. We got a YouTube comment about our Erie Canal Soda Pop Festival episode number 41. Check that out if you want to hear about a cool uh, concert that kind of went off the rails. We got a comment from Lou Frost 2 says, I was there and I loved it. Labor Day weekend, 1972, smiley face emoticon. Oh, cool. He was there. That sounded pretty cool to me. All right, yeah. yeah. Man, we should have him call in. I don't know that he wants to, but that's fine. Can we stalk him? We could. Um, okay, we also have a speak pipe. Dude, if you guys want to go to our website, crimeandmusic.com, you can push a button and leave just a voice-recorded message like this speak pipe right here. Holy shit, you motherfuckers are funny as shit. Brian is fucking great. Ben is one funny son of a bitch, and Jason knows his shit. I want to be like you assholes one day. Hey, Brian, why should I never trust a big butt? And the smiles. Uh, <laughs> Ryan. That's an excellent question, young man. Um, Ryan, I, didn't, I didn't realize we tracked that young in our demographic, but... Uh, tell me you are not responsible for that. I had all. nothing Anything. to do with that. I was not. I just get the email that says, you have a speak pipe. That's not a plan. So I, I didn't do it. Can I don't we, have kids. Can we listen, do it again? Yeah, if you want to. <laughs> Holy shit, you motherfuckers are funny as shit. Brian is fucking great. Yeah. Brian is one funny son of a bitch, and Jason knows his shit. I want to be like you assholes one day. Hey, Brian, why should I never trust a big butt and a smile? <laughs> uh, again, well, okay, because if you do, you'll end up in a place that you didn't expect to be in, in a situation you don't want to be at. All right. Well, I want to. I want to. Big button, a smile. Can we get? Can we get a uh, over under for the age of that person? Oh sure. Yeah. Um, what do I you mean, think? listening to it twice. I'm. I think I'm assuming what everyone else is assuming that that somebody wrote that out for a little kid to read. Oh yeah. No. There's parents and involved. that's some parenting high level parenting right there. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> Listen, I just had my kids watch Deadpool with me the other day. I just went through Deadpool <laughs> 1 and 2. That's hilarious. Right. And it's different when you start watching them with your kids. You're like, oh, my God, it, should they be watching this? This is this is so bad. Deadpool's girlfriend is so pretty. And uh, and uh, so I'm I'm guessing that kids... Deadpool's pretty before he gets burned up or whatever. Eight? The vacuum chain. No spoilers. Eight? I think you're right. Eight? Over under... I don't know. No idea. Eight and a half? <laughs> Wow. To put it in betting terms. Well, all right, guys. That pretty much wraps it up for another episode of Crime and Music. If you want to show your parenting skills and leave us a speak pipe, I've said it three times in the last three minutes, go to crimeandmusic.com. Uh, check out all of our old episodes. You can sign up for a newsletter. There's all sorts of things to do there. Um, click some buttons. It's kind of fun at the website. Also, uh, go to any of our social medias. It's all crime in music, crime in music, uh, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. You can talk to us there. YouTube, you can leave a message like uh, the guy there on the Erie Canal Soda Pop Festival. Man, uh, if you really want to help out, you can go leave us a review anywhere you get your podcasts at. Apple iTunes, uh, Stitcher, Spotify. Let us know what you're thinking. Let us know people you want us to cover. Love talking to you guys about that stuff. Ben, ideas. you got anything we need for the, ideas. What, what do we say to Good the people? Ideas. What? What we got anything for the people? I was just Oh, what do we no, it's just ideas. I was, ideas are always fun. Well, give us your honest feedback, everybody, and uh we'll catch you again another week, another crime, another musician. Like the song says, never trust a big button a smile. Now I'm questioning it myself. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. 
FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points. 